Bom dia, boa tarde. Welcome to another short news flash podcast from PortugueseSoccer.com. My name is John Neves, recording this episode on the evening of Friday, July the 17th. I hope you are all doing well. It's been a busy 72 hours of news. Um, started on Wednesday, of course, with Porto winning their 29th Liga title. And then today, Friday, two big stories in the news. One dominated the other, but both of them important. Uh, the smaller was Abj. Uh, saying that they may not show up for their final match day, 34 match against Purti Munens. The club is having some financial issues. Some players have rescinded their contract. I've just had to resort to going to their under-23 squad to get players to play. And they're very concerned about the Verdad Desportivo um, in terms of playing that uh, final match. So I'll talk about that in a minute. And then, of course, the big news. The dominating news is, of course, Jorge Jesus, who I refer to as JJ in this podcast, is returning to Benfica. So three topics, Liga Nage, JJ, and Option. I'm going to start off first with the Liga Nage. There are th- two objectives left in this season. First off, the battle for third place. Sporting has a two-point lead over Braga. Uh, each of those, of course, have two matches left. Sporting. Plays at home to Portimonense. Going to be a tough match because Portimonense is battling to avoid relegation. And then they go cross town to play Benfica, which will also not be a, a very easy match. One, because, of course, it's the Derby. But also, JJ will likely be in the Tribune. A lot of those players will be under pressure to perform because they all want to come back to the team or at least put themselves in better positions to move on to a better club through a loan or a transfer. So, you know, those Benfica players are going to be motivated, something that seemed to have been lacking toward the end of Elijah's tenure. And then you look at Braga, they go away to play Tundela, be a difficult match away. Of course, Tundela also one of those teams fighting. Um, relegation. Um, seems like Tundela every year fights relegation and somehow they managed to survive. So Braga needs to be careful because Tundela at this time of the year usually manages to pull the rabbit out of the hat, the magic trick, and get it done. So they got to be careful with that. Then they got to go play Porto at home and that won't be easy. But someone told me tonight a very interesting scenario that it could happen with that Porto-Braga match. And that is Porto has met their objective. They won the Liga. They got two matches left. When they go into that week 34 match to play Braga, that following week, they, of course, have the Dasa final against Benfica waiting for them. So does Porto go into that week 34 match? And this is a legitimate question to ask. Maybe not fielding the same 11 that they've been fielding all season now that they've met their objective. Um, I thought that was a very valid point. Um, Now, for as long as I've been following Portuguese soccer, Portuguese football, whenever they ask a manager, a player, a club president, you always get the same response. Are you going to go into this match and are you going to arrest players? Like sometimes they say before, you know, an important match of Europa, they're going to arrest these players and save them for the Champions League or Europa or vice versa. And you hear these questions asked is, are you going to save some of your better players for the following match? Uh, which in this case for Porto is the Taça de Portugal. And you'll get the, you know, the traditional uh, answers, the cookie cutter answer is this. We play for what's, you know, the jersey, we always play for three points, no matter who the opponent is or what the competition is. Um, nothing else is, uh, you know, necessary. It's all about the three points, and you'll get that answer. Whether or not that will happen will be interesting. So I think that's a very fair po- thing to uh, point out. Uh, Porto has a lot of young players. If you play minutes 
during a season and your team wins the championship, you also get a medal. And I'd be very curious to see if Porto's going to play a very young squad. Maybe a lot of those players that won, you know, the under-19 UEFA Youth League. This could be a very big test for them in a match that has some pressure to it. Now, if that were to happen, Sporting isn't going to be happy because, you know, they're going to want to... You know, it's an important match and Porto should be playing as much of their best players as possible because after all, they're going to be playing Benfica and you know Benfica is going to probably play their best players in the Derby. Um, so that possibility exists. It's a fair question, folks. It really is a very, very fair question. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens of it because, you know, again, you look at the history. Once you get down to the end of the season, there's always a team still fighting for an objective to finish as high as possible for your rope or to avoid regulation. And there's always criticism that, you know, their opponents are playing somebody that isn't going to feel the best players because they've already, you know, they're just going to feel their younger players to give them a shot to play. And there's always criticism of it. So be very curious to see what happens, but pay attention to that because third place is important again. Europa League, you go straight to the groups. You get 3 million euros. You don't got to do any big trips. Uh, September, depending on the talk right now, you could be playing um, League Cup, Tasa de Liga, group matches. Um, then, of course, you start the season. I'm hearing around the third week of September. So any match you don't have to play where you can go directly into that competition is a good thing. And that's what makes third place so valuable. Um, and you got to also be careful if you're sporting again. Um, you won the first leg two to one. You lost the second leg one to nothing away. Each of them have a win. Each of them scored two goals, but Braga did score the away goal, and I believe that would be the tiebreaker. And if you're sporting, you can't afford to draw, uh, excuse me, to finish in third place in a tie because you will probably lose. And if that's the case, then that's what makes these next two matches so very important for sporting. Ruben Amarin, like you said before the Porto match, he loves the pressure. He loves the fact that his younger players are being exposed to this pressure. So playing these last two matches against a team battling relegation and against a team for the Derby will be very helpful to them. But behind the scenes, everybody wants to make sure they get third place because after all, they are one of the three biggest clubs in Portugal. So a very interesting situation, a possible scenario. We'll see if that happens in week three. And again, all very fair uh, questions uh, to ask. Um, the battle for relegation is a big one. Uh, we know this Sportivo do Aves, of course, is going down already. Um, there are basically, um, well, you could say five teams, but I believe it's really only four teams. Pachos de Ferreira has 35 points, but I think they're going to be fine. So now you got Bilanense Sá, 32, Tundela, 30, Portimonense, 30, and you got Vitori Setubal right now sitting below the line in 17th place with 30, and one of them is going to get relegated. If Avs, you know, and I'll talk about Avs now, decides not to play that final match, uh, per the bylaws, as I've read it, that means Portimonense gets an easy three points. That's not going to be fair to the other teams that still have to battle for three points because they're going to be start playing their matches. So again, that's going to possibly create some controversy. Now, Desportivo do Avs um, has basically said they're trying to protect Verdade Desportivo. They have financial issues. Um, you know, if you remember a few years ago, Avj, they won the Tasa de Portugal, they beat Sporting. But then when it came to playing in the Europa League, they had the direct entry into the Europa League. They didn't go because they didn't have the resources to compete in it with all the travel and everything that goes into it, the stadium. And they decided not to go, even though they won the Tasa de Portugal. So this is a modest club. 
Um, that's not to say it's wrong, but you know, they're a modest club, beautiful team from up north in a beautiful area. But obviously, they have, um, I think the best way to say respectfully is they have their financial uh, limitations. Um, and remember, they also lost two big ticket gates, you know, two matches, Porto at home, and now they're playing Benfica during the pandemic when there's no fans in the stands. So they lose all that ticket revenue money, which when a big three visits, um, your stadium, especially these last few years, a lot of times the matches are at least 80%, if not sold out in most cases. And that's a lot of money for the team. And they also missed out on those two matches. Now, they are going to play against Benfica in the next match. But right now the word is is that they may not play. And they, that's what the Kappas are saying. They're threatening that they may not play the final match day. And let me just say right now, they're going to play. Um, first off, they have a pretty decent under-23 team. I know they did very well last year in the Liga Revelation. We talk about this all the time about how Portugal is always a league for younger players to give them a chance to play and gain experience like what sporting is doing. Why would Naj, especially if they're going to go into the second division, they're probably going to be relying on a lot of their under-23 players. Um, Why wouldn't they want to play those kids in that type of match to gain that type of experience? That only makes it better for next season, especially knowing that you already have talent on your roster. Plus, if they don't show up, there's, you know, and there's been a lot said in the Portuguese press, and it's so much said that I'm not really entirely sure what is 100% correct. I'm not saying the press are putting out false things, but it's just a lot of stuff. So, you know, they, if they don't play, they could be kicked out of professional top two divisions for like six to 10 years. Um, there's a thing of they could lose their points from the season, which could screw up the final classification of the season if other teams are picking up points. I'll wait to see what the final verdict is, but they're going to play because if they don't, they're going to get in a lot of trouble. You know, I can't imagine them not showing up and possibly risking being kicked out of, of playing in the first two divisions for six to up to 10 years. I just, I just don't see the logic in that unless somehow they said that without realizing what the ramifications were. So I do anticipate that they will play. And obviously, um, that's a very important match for Purti Munez, their opponent, because Purti Munez, of course, is trying to avoid relegation. They've had a pretty good stretch so far since resuming. Um, and, um, you know, it would be very unfair to the uh, to the other teams battling with Portimonense if Portimonense picked up the three points and they still had to play their matches. But again, I still think I'm just going to play that match. But if they don't, wow. You know, if that turns out to be the case, uh, we'll see. But again, I that's what I think. But they, unfortunately, have had some financial difficulties. Players have rescinded. Um, and they just, you know, when they talk about Verdad Desportivo, they talk about the fact that the team that has mostly been lining up for them all year, they're concerned that that may not be the case in week 34 and that you've got practically a brand new team that isn't necessarily been the team all year. And they're just trying to protect the integrity of what they were this season. Um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, I think at the end uh, they will play. Um, last topic, and boy, is it a big one. JJ is back. Um, this past week when there were reports that he might be coming back to Portugal, a lot of Brazilians didn't understand why Portuguese press were saying that because it's making a lot of money in Portugal. Flamingo's, you know, but based on supporters, one of the 10 biggest clubs in the world. Um, he's making a lot of money. Like I said, his assistants are making a lot of money. He's got a very competitive team that going to Copa Libertadores in Brazil again. Um, there was talk of him at one time, maybe it was just, newspapers selling newspapers that he one day could manage the Brazilian national team. 
Um, and he was beloved, you know, a lot of times as a manager, nine times out of 10, you know, you're only as good as your last result. And if you lose, everybody's going to be down on you. But JJ got to a point in Brazil where he was so successful in his 13, 14 months there. And he won so many trophies that no matter what he did, people would still love him. They would talk about putting a statue for him. And he was in a very rare spot. Maybe Jurgen Klopp is in that situation right now where you had so much success that you're almost untouchable. And a lot of Brazilians were upset at the news, making fun of any of the news coming out of Portugal. Um, I mean, it was just it was just crazy among the amount of things that people wrote. But you saw the passion of the fans from Flamingo. And then, of course, um, you know, you look at the reasons why JJ is coming back. Number one, his heart wanted to come back to Portugal. He's managed. He's lived in Portugal most of his life. He knew coming back to Portugal, he was still going to be making good money, although we'll see if he winds up making less than he did in Flamingo. Um, he's going back to the, you know, let's be honest, when it comes to, as a manager, the, cl the, the club of his love. You know, he obviously had a lot of success in uh, Portugal with Benfica, back-to-back -back Europas, won titles. He did it all. I mean, he he took Benfica to heights that for a number of years Benfica disappeared from. And a lot of people wanted him back. But there was also a lot of people that didn't want him back. But at the end of the day, his heart tugged. Luis Felipe Vieira convinced him. Bygones are bygones for when he left back in June of 2015. And here he is now coming back to Portugal. And that dominated the news on Friday. Um, now he comes back, he's supposed to be back on Monday. He'll be introduced. You know, he's going to be watching these lads. I mean, of course, he's probably already watching the Benfica matches abroad, but now he's going to watch them in person. Um, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm going to throw this out there. It's probably not going to happen, but let me throw it out there anyway. Let me be the first to say it. Is he going to manage maybe in the cup final? Why not? Why not? It's a, it's a one-off match. Um, He'll be around the team, although not managing, of course, but I'm sure he'll be at Seychelles from afar watching the trainings. You know, I'm just saying, hey, it's my podcast. I'm only saying it. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, it doesn't normally happen because managers don't necessarily want to be tied to a team that they have no serious involvement in building. But this is JJ. He likes to take chances. This is a cup final against Porto. Um, this is going to be a big deal match. It's the final match of the year involving two of the biggest clubs right now in Portugal in terms of success in the past 20 years. Let's just see. You know, I might be a fool saying that, you know, but, you know, we'll see if, in fact, it goes down. And and the news of him coming back to Portugal, Benfica's website went down. Um, it trended worldwide. Um, you know, I had seen it in a few places that I don't normally see it. And, um, you know, now we'll see what happens. Will Benfica fans still upset? Welcome him back. I think most of them will. And let me tell you something. You know, when you hire a manager, it's always a risk. You know, depending on what you read, there's an investment of $25 million in him and his staff. Another newspaper cover said $29 million. We'll find out soon enough. But the point is, is Luis Felipe Vieira is in an election year. Obviously, bringing back JJ helps his popularity out. But if they get off to a slow start, and, some, and if you notice, Benfica sometimes always has a hard time in their first match of the year. But let's say they do these League Cup group matches in um, in September and they get off to a slow start and they lose a few matches and people get a little bit upset. What happens, worst case scenario, if Luis Felipe Vieira, even aside from JJ, if he doesn't get elected? 
New president's going to come in. Who's to say long-term he's going to want to keep JJ, but he might not have any choice because of the investment they made in him. But we'll see what happens. Um, and it's very interesting also this past year that Benfica made the investment that they did in JJ and that Sporting made the $10 million investment in buying Ruben Amarin for Braga. Um, usually you don't see this type of numbers with managers. And, and here now two big Portuguese clubs, two of the big three, have done it. So I, I think that's a very interesting scenario. Um, George Jesus, by the way, JJ is going to have also a very tough situation. He's coming back to a different Portugal um, in terms of, well, when he left in 2015, let me go back that far. You know, back then, third party system was alive. His Benfica teams were a lot better than they are now. He doesn't have all that investment from the third party to help him build the team. I know Luis Felipe Vieira, again, if you believe the coppers, the newspapers, covers, has said that he will give them the investment he needs, but that kind of remains to be seen. But he's going to have a different Benfica. He's going to have a different financial reality to deal with. And, you know, Benfica, Luis Felipe Vieira has always talked in the past about wanting younger players to play a big part in them becoming a bigger European team. And you got to wonder if JJ is going to um, play a lot of young players. Um, we'll see. Um, obviously, there have been a lot of young players playing on the team this year. Will they sell Ruben Diaz? Report in the press that Atletico Madrid is eyeing him, but i got to be honest with you, between here and September, uh, Ruben Diaz and a bunch of players from Porto and Sporting and Braga, especially with Paulinho, they're, they're going to be rumored all over the place. We'll, we'll see, in fact, what happens. Um, but it's a different Benfica, a different financial reality. Um, you know, when he went to sporting, he did get some great players, but he didn't have the same players that he had at Benfica. And then when he went to Flamingo, he had a very good team there that he made better, but it was kind of already waiting for him. But now he's going back to a Benfica team that isn't as strong based on what we've seen, of course, over the last four to five months. So he has a lot of work to do. But then again, that's why he's getting paid a lot of money. I want to give a special shout out. Um, most of you are probably following him, a uh, great friend of the podcast and uh, uh, website, uh, Cristiano Oliveira, 10CO10, if you're not following him on Twitter. And if you're not, why aren't you following him on Twitter? Um, anyone who knows him, he had connections. Everything he said came true. He had it even more right than a lot of the newspapers did. And I want to uh, tip my hat to you. You got it right. Uh, Cristiano Oliveira from the Benfica podcast. Um, you want to know anything about Benfica, you want to know a good objective opinion when things are bad, and you want to know when things are good, what could be done better, I encourage you to listen to Cristiano because he got this whole thing right with JJ. And by the way, besides of his love for Tarat, he was also wanting to for the longest time for JJ to come back. So I just had to take a few minutes and show my respect and compliments uh, to Cristiano Oliveira. Um, folks, take care of yourselves. Um, Portugal. Still having some issues in the Lisbon suburbs with COVID-19, but the rest of Portugal doing okay. Um, very sad to see that Portugal is still on some red list, so to speak, of countries where if you go to Portugal and you come back, particularly England, you have to quarantine for two weeks. Um, but the things, you know, hopefully things will continue to get better. You got the Champions League there next month. And all of us, you know, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, it's because, you know, you like Portuguese soccer, Portuguese football. We all want what's good for Portugal. And Portugal needs its tourism. Portugal needs people to visit and stay in hotels and eat in its restaurants and go to its festas. Um, France is one of those countries where 
Um, you know, you don't have to quarantine when you go when you go to Portugal and go back to France. You don't have to quarantine. And, you know, there are so many immigrants, Portuguese immigrants in France that I like to joke around. It's probably true. Probably each of us has at least 10 cousins that live in France. They get to go to Portugal. So I got to put up with all my cousins' photos and Instagram posts and Twitter and everything of them enjoying Portugal. Why many of us are stuck for one reason or another difficulty. And, you know, it's not that easy to travel this summer and to go, although I still hold out hope. But, um, you know, if you're going to Portugal, stay safe, spend your money, enjoy it. Um, if you don't go, continue to follow the league and continue to give your support from abroad. And wherever you are around the world, wear a mask. Now I'm making a political statement. Wear a mask. Hopefully next year, July 17, 2021, when I'm doing this podcast, that we're all talking about being in Portugal. I go to Portugal multiple times a year. This year it's been a lot less because of all this. You know, hearing your stories about going to Portugal, hearing my stories in a podcast about going to Portugal. Um, and I know that will happen uh, next year, especially with the Euro happening next year. That should be a lot of fun. Folks, please wear a mask, stay safe, take care of your families, and I'll talk to you soon.